You know when you're out with your friends and they all order beer and then you look insane when you don't want any beer? I mean, no offense to any of my friends out there, but I'm not a crazy obsessed beer drinker. I mean, once in a while, but I don't really love it. But I did recently try Bud Light Seltzer. It's not beer. It's a hard seltzer from Bud Light. Finally, there's something I can drink when everyone else is having a beer. Bud Light Seltzer's 5% alcohol, 100 calories, and it comes in four flavors. There's strawberry, lemon lime, mango, and my go-to black cherry. They're all super refreshing and perfect when I want something with a little more kick than just sparkling water. You know what I'm saying? Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good. All right, guys, I don't know what's going on, but you seem to be obsessed with Alliant Naturals. Um, and so Shauna Ryder, the founder, uh, has her own relationship with all of you now and would like to offer you a discount to all podcast listeners. Um, what is it, G? It's JM Pod. So you literally go to AlliantNaturals.com, and if you enter JM Pod, P O D, J M P O D, you'll get 15% off your entire purchase. That's aliannaturals.com, A-L-A-Y-A, naturals, N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S.com. Who's a big worrier in this group? I don't feel like you are, G. I used to be, not anymore. I feel like you were like, I've done everything I can do, and now I'm going to step away from this and like go for a walk. or like Yeah. You take mental space. Yeah. I used to worry, not as much anymore. Lori worries a lot. It does nothing for you. I'm guessing you worry like crazy, Jake. Uh, I think I used to. I don't know how much I do anymore. I'm is anxiety worry? Yes. Well, not if it's chemical though. It's you could be having a great time. But it's it's a it's a self fulfilling prophecy. So like that's what's interesting about this about neuroplasticity, which I was going to say concept. It's not a concept. It's real. In that. Like you get worried about something, mm, right. right? And it, it creates it, yeah. a chemical state and it, it becomes like a – I can't remember if I've talked about this on the show. I think I have. But these states emotionally become physical and then the physical preempts the emo- – it yeah. becomes a bit of a spider web. I bet it's a trigger too. So even if you thought everything it's was It's a neuro it's if, a yeah. connection, right? So if you're like, well nothing there's no reason that I had this reaction, but it could have been a smell, it could have been a tree. Oh well that's possible. Sense memory. Yeah. It triggers it, yeah. It could be. Yeah. But but like for example, let's say something happens, something terrible, you lose your job, you're depressed, right? Something that's situational mm. could become chemical, clinical, ongoing. Yeah. So that because now you're depressed, right? And then the depression is yeah. going to have an impact on your chemistry. The the chemistry has an impact on your brain, literally, like the yeah. shape of parts of your brain that control worry, anxiety, impulsivity. Your frontal lobe, your amygdala, your gray to white gray to white brain matter ratio, all can be impacted. And then, by the way, you become wired. So now you're mm-hmm. geared for being more impulsive, less of an ability to rationalize and reason. Like you get predisposed to it and your brain changes, which is why they say meditation is such a powerful tool. Yeah. But it's it's a vicious it becomes a vicious cycle, this catch twenty two you can't get out of. So it could be a childhood thing, an environment you grew up in, and it was always, oh my God, oh my God, what's gonna happen next? Right? Like 
kids with, um, oh my God, what is it? OCD is, is an anxiety issue. My brother had severe OCD. I mean, like flip the switch, flip the switch, flip the switch. And that kind of stuff is like, and he would think like, if I don't flip the switch one more time, somebody's going to die. And it was his way of trying to kind of like control a household that was out of control. Right. Right. So it's like, he's got anxiety. He's prone to anxiety now. He's working on it. He's in therapy, but there are a million reasons we can get this way. And a lot of times we think, oh, it's external. And it could be, you know, it could be like, oh, I had a fire and now I'm dealing with all this shit and it's a nightmare and I'm worried about it. But but the bottom line is we could look at all the reasons of like it's something external, it's something internal. It could be whatever it might be. The reality is it's it can be paralyzing. Right, because you're, yeah. you're essentially building a monster. Yeah, you are. Right? Because yeah, you th- are. Because if you think about the things that you have worried mm-hmm. about, have they actually happened? That's the... That's the next well, step. Yeah, you're right. That's exactly. happened the way you thought they were going to happen. Yes. I, I have a friend who's a therapist, and, and he, he had a, one, of those sh- it was one of the shows on, um, it was called Obsessed. <laughs> That's what it was. Mm. And he said, and we were talking about it one time, and he said, you know, you do that whole, okay, so you're worried about this, and what will happen if that happens, and then what will happen if that happens, mm-hmm. and what will happen, and you just take it down the line. Now, that's all logical, it's all your brain knows this, but it's like knowing that turbulence in an airplane is just like bumps in the road. Your brain knows it. It's not, you're still, if you're scared, you're right. scared. Right. And it's just, it triggers a chemical. It's, the, it's the turbulence real. will trigger yeah. an actual physical. Your brain cannot determine. Mm. Like for me, f- like, so worry and fear are kind of synonymous mm. in my opinion, right? Yeah. So yeah, if you have a right. vague fear, right, let's call it that. I worry that if I don't do this, this could happen versus, oh, my God, something's about to happen in my world. Right. What's real and what's imagined. Correct. And that's the the thing is your brain can't tell the difference biochemically. Right. Right, right. So it's crippling and it's paralyzing. So what do we do? And that's where you've got to look at some of these action steps of like, okay, number one, first. Acknowledge this. Uh, this is a, a worry, not an imminent threat. I am worried this could happen, but it's not happening right now. Right. So it's like, okay, in this moment, right? Ask yourself, am I safe? Do I have a roof over my head? Is there food in the refrigerator? Like, in this moment, am I okay? Yes or no? If the answer is no, then you're going to have to take immediate action. If the answer is yes, calm down, right? Yep. Calm down and acknowledge, I'm worrying this is not real because you're right, G, 90 something percent of what we think is going to happen doesn't happen. Yeah, I think you have to disconnect from from the the, the whirlpool that you're, yes. that you're in. But you need some wins to trust that yeah, thought process. Absolutely. You, you have to interrupt the thought pattern. Right. Now, if there's something and then it's like, what can you do to be proactive? Is there something you can do? I lost my job. I'm so worried. Fair. Did you redo your resume? Did you send it out to a bunch of different, you know, uh, 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 job companies? Search, yeah. Yeah, like like LinkedIn, whatever. Like all these different, exactly. Like, did you do all that? Did you, have you done everything you can do to be proactive? Because then it's like, all right, so sometimes when I'm laying in bed, I'm like, you know what? Let me just make a list of everything I need to do tomorrow and get it all out on paper. Because then I feel like calm, mm-hmm. organized, because a lot of times it's also the unknown. 
And if we get overwhelmed. You just said it. You have to interrupt the pattern, that hamster yeah. on the wheel. Yes. You have to have it fall off to be yeah. able to have that moment of clarity and be like, maybe I'm a little too hyped about yes. what could happen. Or I not actually happen. did that before I was leaving leaving for New York this past December. I, by the way, have you gotten over your jet lag yet? <laughs> <laughs> Remember that episode? Yes. That was a day. Three hours. Six weeks. Six weeks to recover from three-hour jet lag, from three-hour time change. It's hard. The struggle is real. Have some water. Um, (laughs) So I I was, you know, I get excited and I get hyped and I I probably get, I'm probably a little, like, do do I have everything and is everything and, and... I have my overwhelmed. Yes, yeah. Over- overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Exactly. That's, yeah. yeah. That's exactly what it is. You're right. Try to identify and, what well, is stressing you out. Well, when I did all that, and, and I was like racing around, I just I actually said, "Cindy, stop." Yeah. And I st- stood still, breathed, and then I was able to get back to a regular pace, and it just it it worked. And I, I came, it came out of nowhere. You've got I to pause. I just actually said, like, Cindy, stop. You've got to Laura's pause. like, what? And then you have to. And put yourself through a series of questions. Like, yeah. okay, what am I really concerned about? Is this concern real? If, there, if it is real or parts of it are, parts of it aren't, right? Deal with what you can deal with. Yeah. And then, you know. If it's like, oh, my God, I'm overwhelmed. Okay, I'm overwhelmed about X, Y, and Z. Get your to-do list on paper and organize yourself. Okay, I'm afraid of that, that, that like, I'm, the economy's bad, the stock market's bad, and then, then I'm in this, and then I'm going to go out of bed. Okay, that is an internal reality that isn't, you know, that's your fear of apocalypse from other shit that's not happening right now. Yeah. Right now, your food is in the bank, blah, blah, blah. Calm down. Like, practice a meditation. Interrupt the thought pattern. Figure out what's real and what isn't. Identify a worry as a worry. Accept that in this moment, are you safe? If the answer is yes, Mm -hmm. you know, calm down. Like, you've got to go through those questions. So let me ask you a question. Slowing it down, There's a common thread here, right? What's your thought on using exercise, working out? Oh, it's a massive Throwing weights around? Yeah. To help you get clarity in those moments. It helps moments. me. That's I true. think it helps. It helps with the stress, right? right. So, but I'm just Takes saying, like, if, if, if that person is having a, a moment, does it make sense for them to go on a run? Does it make sense for Depends them? Depends on to, them. Right? Could meditate. Could go on a run. Go right. Lift weights, right. Could call go, a friend. Right. Yeah. It, 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 like, yeah. and then you've got your coping mechanisms, right? right? So it's like, okay, first you pause, then you ask the questions. You be proactive about what you can be proactive about. And then you've got your coping mechanisms and they need to be healthy, not unhealthy. Like we don't find ourselves at the fridge eating because we're anxious. <laughs> Call that friend. Go for that run. You know, if you can afford it, do something nurturing. Buy yourself some workout playlist songs or, well, now you have Apple Music, so it doesn't matter. But, like, <laughs> make one for yourself. Like, call a friend who's supportive. Exa- like, engage in a hobby. Like, nurture yourself in a way that is life-affirming as opposed to self-destructive. Um, because then you've got exactly that, right? Like, what can we do? Like, my dog. Like, we were talking about, like, the dog's always in the studio now. Because I'm like, she's old, she's old, she's old. And I am like, oh, dear God. And I think, like, I look at her little eyes and they're getting a little cloudy. She's gray. And I'm like, I'm going to f***ing die when we lose this dog. And then I'm like, Jill, you could have this dog for five more years, you psycho. (laughs) You freak of nature. You know, but, like, we've had such a bad couple of years. I'm like, oh, God, oh, my God. What, what? if I lose seven? What's next, right? Yeah, so then and I'm like, I'm like, you know what you can do right now? It's what you said, like, you know, 
about like worrying about your parents. This is a dog, not the same thing. But no, it's but, like, but it is I'm right. Like, that's I take why, her everywhere. Right, now. Th- th- that's where it is. Yeah. Right, be in the present moment. Right, yeah. because the present yes. moment is what you yes. have. Yeah, what you can control. You can't control tomorrow. And, and it, the worrying ruins yes. the moment, the, the present moment. moment. Exactly. Yeah, hundred percent, and it robs you of it. And it's 100%. not going to make losing her any, any easier. easier. Not like oh, I practiced losing her. I'm okay now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I practiced for three years. <laughs> so true. We made it through another day. <laughs> Check. I'm like it's so true, but it's like that's right. Seven, we're talking about you, Mama. I know. She's Seven's like, like uh. I know. She just can't. She can't be bothered. Yeah, I think. Look, here's what I'm hearing. Slow down. Yeah. Disconnect to reconnect. And chill the fuck out, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many paths to finding your family story. But whether you're tracing them generations back with a family tree or uncovering your ethnicity with Ancestry DNA, it's easy to get started with Ancestry. Ancestry DNA can tell you your ethnic origins and give you historical details to bring your family stories to life. And it doesn't just tell you what countries you're from, it can also pinpoint the specific regions. I was pretty sure I knew where my grandparents were from, and now that I've confirmed it with an Ancestry DNA test, I want to see how many generations back I can go. It was super easy to do. I got my kit, sent in my saliva sample, and they sent me my results. Give it a try. Start exploring your family story today. Simply head to my URL at Ancestry.com slash Jillian to get your Ancestry DNA kit and start your free trial. That's an Ancestry DNA kit and a free trial at Ancestry.com slash Jillian. One more time, guys. It's Ancestry.com slash Jillian. Okay, babes, listen up. You can stop worrying that coloring your hair might damage it because Madison Reed's at-home hair color is made with ingredients you can feel good about. That means no more ammonia, no more parabens, phthalates, and no PPD, SLS, or gluten. Madison Reed hair color is infused with argon oil, keratin, and ginseng root extract so you get shiny, healthy-looking hair right at home. And Madison Reed makes it easy to find your perfect shade with their online color quiz. And what's really cool is you can actually try on the different shades with their hair color tool to see how you'll look and find your favorite. Get ammonia-free, multi-tonal hair color delivered to your door for less than $25 at madison-reed.com. And use my promo code Jillian and you'll get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit. Again, my promo code is Jillian. Visit madison-reed.com now to find your perfect shade. That's madison-reed.com. Woo, I thought I would do a segment on reducing snoring because do you realize that's like a, a big thing? A lot of people snore. It's a problem. On planes, getting oh, a massage oh, in so like bad an open on a room. Plane. Oh, man. I know. I just tap them. I, I've you heard do? it. Two, oh, yeah. I just tap them. Two rows back, back, I've bed, heard though. it. Yeah, they're like, sorry. If Lou, they're next to me, they're Lou definitely getting tapped. snores. Poor little creature. Ooh. We had her adenoids removed, yeah. and the f***ers grew back. We're taking them out again. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Have you ever heard of such a thing? Did they even take them out to begin with the right I don't way? even know. I hate this ah. doctor so much. I'm telling you. I said you to Heidi, I'm like, you don't think we should have got a new doctor? That's right. like my bas- my buddy that got a vasectomy three times from the same doctor. I'm like, mm. right? <laughs> <laughs> three times? What was he snipping? Yes. 
And what's Talk wrong with Dr. you that you Death. let the same doctor go <laughs> yeah. in there three times? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, snoring. So if you've got a problem with snoring, I kind of feel like uh, I need to do one of those, you know what I mean? One of those commercials. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I, I mean, but like. Like around in the middle of the day or late, late yeah, at night. But yeah, but like honestly, there are answers for real. Like it could be a couple of things. Number one, nasal congestion. So yeah. if you've got allergies, like consider using a humidifier or one of those breathe right strips. Do those really work? I use them when I get super stuffed up. Mine, I'm always stuffy. So it just like separates your. No, I, I pulls feel, it apart, right? Oh, yeah. I use like Spread a little, little medicated thing. Oh, and it, oh like, like you can even hear yeah. it now. Like I'm always a little yeah. stuffy, always stuffy. I think it's. I honestly, I'm not sure, but I wonder if like when I had my nose done as a kid, like I feel like I don't smell much. Like I don't breathe super well. If you're allergic my nose. to dogs, no. you're smelling those farts that dogs land. Well, that was just dogs got gas. Yeah, mommy's baby. Yes, yeah, my little silver fox. Yes. So that could be part of it, right? But. Um, it could also be like a lot of times, a lot of people take sleeping medication, like Valium, Xanax, oh, yeah. and it actually, it relaxes the muscles around your airway and it causes snoring, <sighs> which is kind of scary. Yeah. That freaks way. me like, out right now. Wow. Oh. Really? Like that can't be good. People are so, and you know what? I don't mean to generalize. I know this is a terrible thing to say, but my, I don't find that Xers are big pill poppers. Mm. I mean, are you? Well, I grew up with, we didn't even take aspirin at a certain point. We just, like, so I, no, I'm, I'm not. I've I, never taken I've a sleeping never been a big thing. pill popper. Like, no. but, but the boomers and the millennials, oh my God. It's crazy. The millennials are like, oh man, I got a Z bar. Oh yeah, give me half your Zanny, dude. Yeah, and then I'll take it. Like that's their drug. They 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 well, do they, they those all, drugs because they all grew up with up, disorders. Down, up down up so, down. It's like I, I can't even. I, they're all on it. Xanax, Clonopin, Adderall. Like, and they. But, I don't even know where they get it from. Well, all of them. And I guess this is like a, a it, generalization. It also must be though their parents when they were kids went to doctors who believed in. Pills for everything. But what's weird is that the boomers are all on that shit too. So the boomers are the doctors. My dad is. That's what it is. The, the boomers were the doctors who, who prescribed it uh, to the but, but Gen the Xers, Xers for their I millennials. Don't, I don't find the Xers are on it. It's big in, in like, it starts in like right. college or late high school, like the Adderall thing. You know, and everyone's like, "Oh." Then they get all oh, you all have anxiety. Then it's crazy well, anxiety. Help me with that. Someone yeah, takes Xanax to come down. Like it's insane. Yeah, I mean, it's no wonder they all have. All but sorts I, of other. I, I mean, I, I don't mean to sound like again, but like I don't find that extras. I'm not saying we are perfect. We're totally nihilistic, bitter generation. But we had other drugs. That's all. We had other <laughs> drugs. I feel like I feel like back in when everyone was young, they did they smoked weed or they did cocaine. That was really, and then everyone grew out of that shit. Like I don't know anybody who's. No, all my like, parents' friends. I remember quaaludes were big with. with yeah, but their that's friends. a boomer thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah a, that that yeah. is a boomer they were, thing. They're all boomers. Boomers are all on. I mean, like they are all on pills. Yeah, pills were. Like I, I'm telling you, like it's a boomer thing. Like I don't, which is irrelevant. But nevertheless, like I never take that shit. No. Like Valium, Xanax, Clonopin, this one, that one. It's like. When I was flying to Japan, I, three millennials were like, oh, you, I got a this. You want a that? No, I take a this. I was like, Jesus, you guys. Really? I just sleep. I just sleep, too. I mean, like, <laughs> like, I, just, like I, I just close my eyes and, and like, it's 
night of entertainment in my dreams. Oh my god! <laughs> like they're all like, holy shit! I was like, all right, you know, wow. But I mean, like that's kind of scary, dude. If, if if you're snoring because mm-hmm. of some sort of medication that relaxes your airways, like I just don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna I ain't no psychiatrist, but talk to your doctor. You know? That would yeah, that would freak me out. Jesus. Um, you know, another option is like change positions, but I don't know how you do that. Like you don't know you're snoring. Like I move around in my sleep. Like, like, cause Lou, when she would get scared and come in my room, I'm like, man, this kid shakes the fricking walls. (laughs) They're like, well, move her. I'm like, move her. And it just flips itself back over. I mean, like, what do you mean move it? It's huge. By the way, it's almost (laughs) as big as me. It's bigger. It's about to be bigger than Heidi and it it knows it. It's e freaking enormous. This child. I can't believe how big she is, Cindy. She's huge. It is. I feel like I live with a teenager. She's eight years old. She wears size twelve to fourteen clothes. That's nuts. I just. When did I see her? November. She's huge. She was. She was tall then. She is to the bottom of my nose. Oh my god. She's eight years old. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I just and snoring like an old man. Yeah, I gotta get those adenoids out again. But like, (laughs) you know, and another thing, like, here's another one that's kind of scary, like alcohol. If you're drinking a lot. Oh, yeah. Right? But, like, what's that? Again, like... Is that congestion, maybe? I don't know. Let me Google that shit. My dad snores heavily if he if he drank that night. Uh, alcohol is a depressant. Sedative qualities make you feel drowsy, blah, blah, blah. It relaxes things from your mind to your muscles. Same, I guess, same concept as that Valium thing. Um, as a result, these muscles collapse. Holy shit. Oh, boy. Right? This is going to freak me out If you go more. to bed after drinking... Um, it relaxes your jaw and your throat muscles and they collapse onto your airway, restricting airflow and causing snoring. I'm hmm. sorry, but that's not a good relax. That can't be right. Well, get to your, your body, TMJ, but... Uh... Your body should be functioning in such a way where your, your, you know, like your hair grows, you breathe, yeah, yeah, yeah. all this stuff happens in volu- from an involuntary... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That shit should not be system, happening. Yeah. No. How to avoid alcohol-related snoring. Let me guess. Don't drink so friggin' much. <laughs> Jesus. Um, drink snoring earlier is in the day. That's not, actually what this article says. Snoring is not an age thing because sleep on your kids side. snore, adults snore, teens yeah. snore. But does it's, sleeping it's a, in- it's a weight. Like, are you heavy? Or, or is, are you on, like, a, are you heavy? Is something blocking the airway? Does so, sleeping on your side really help? It says that it naturally opens your airways, but you can use an anti-snoring mouthpiece, right, which is going to open the airways. You can use a Breathe Right strip, but honestly, if it's something medical that's blocking your airway, like it could even be a polyp, they say, that like when you get in a certain position in your, like in your nasal cavity, they could block your airways. Like, go check that shit out. I just remember. That's not good. I remember my grandparents and my grand... drinking so much or taking drugs, I'm sorry, yeah, Cindy, go no, ahead. No, I just remember, I, the snoring is just bringing back when they would... They'd come over, my my grandparents and my grandmother's sister, and they'd be sleeping over, and th- the house would shake from the three of them Jeez. snoring. It was so bad. Dude. And they weren't, they were smokers. Maybe it was that, but it was like It could have been the medication they were on. It could have been because they were overweight. Because bottom line is something's blocking your airways, right? So it's either you're overweight, and that weight is going to yeah, do it. Was... It could be that you have adenoids, like, the, like kids or even adults, mm. right? Very, very large adenoids that are blocking your airways. You could have a polyp. I just read about that in your nasal cavity that could be blocking you when you breathe. It could be allergies. But what if their mouth's open? 
But and they're snoring. Uh, well, think about where you're breathing from. It's the back of your throat. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what it sounds like yeah. too. It's the back of your throat. So it's something he's putting pressure on that, or those muscles are relaxed and blocking the airways. But it's like, dude, if you're taking drugs that are, so I mean, you know, oh, sleep in a different position, like drink during the day, oh, uh, you know, get a get a friggin' breathe right strip or a mouthpiece or a Darth Vader mask. But honestly, like, I think we should take a more upstreamist approach and wonder what the F is going on. Either lose weight, maybe consider scaling back those medications. Yes, if you need this stuff in the interim or it's allergies, sure, get a little medicated breathe right strip because, again, I'm always, like, something has always got me stuffy. Mm. Always. But, um, I mean, uh, other than that, I don't snore, though, but I am always stuffy and it's annoying. Something else makes me stuffy, which is a totally different conversation. And it involves, for some reason, I have the exact opposite action. action. Like when you are intimate with somebody, it should clear your... Uh-huh. I get totally... can't breathe. It's the worst. I think that's I'm something like, Jillian therapist. needs a snorkel. I swear to God. I, I, I literally am like, every time, like totally... Sn- sn- mm-hmm. like can't breathe i'm like i don't know why intimacy makes you feel like you're dying (laughs) asphyxiation (laughs) (laughs) i love it email bag hit me old girl email 10 let's talk about some workout things so (laughs) mark writes that he was diagnosed with Scheuermann's or kyphosis in about 2005. Wait, what? So that's a, I I actually had to look this one up. It's a curvature of the spine giving you a hunched back. Okay. So he wants to know what exercises you recommend to help get back to a better posture. God, I mean, look, if he has any sort of medical condition, obviously I need to say talk to your doctor before you do anything, right? Um, And I'm going to ignore the disease part of this for Mm -hmm. legal reasons and just talk about posture. Um, And the bottom line is we need to strengthen our core. We need to open up our pectorals because we get all tight in the shoulders and the chest from being forward, shoulders up, right, hunched forward. So our chest muscles get tight and they're not getting stretched and opened up. Our back gets weak. So our shoulders fall forward. So we want to do upper body exercises for back. So close grip pull downs, close grip rows, um, reverse flies, rotator cuff exercises with a band where you keep your elbows at your side and you got to use a band, not dumbbells, right? A band so that the resistance is coming from um, left to right as opposed Mm -hmm. to up or down. We're not using gravity. So you hold a band nice and tight between your two hands and open your hands up out to the side, keeping your arms at a 90 degree angle, elbows always locked at your rib cage. you, you can do absolutely wide rows, medium grip rows, Superman, um, where you lay on the ground, you pull your shoulder blades back and down, and you lift your upper and lower body uh, to engage your back. And then core moves, right? So keep your tailbone tucked, keep your belly button pulled into your spine, um, and work your core with exercises like plank, for example, and Superman are going to be the most effective. Engage your glutes, walk on your heels, not your tiptoes or the balls of your feet. Um, I mean, there's more to say, like it'd be easier if I could assess the individual and see what's going on, um, stand more than you sit. But those are the, the general rules of thumb. And it was that quicker than you wanted. No, I'm, I was. But it's act- tough without being able to look at the no, person. I was taking it all in because it's I think we're all constantly working on keeping our posture, but making our posture better and keeping it. So, 
Yes, I'm going to make mental notes on that one myself. So Kayla wants to know about overhead squats. She says, my hands fall forward uh, and yeah. my torso falls forward. According to NASM, it would mean Nasm. my lats are tight, chest and shoulders tight, and calves tight. But today, a CrossFit type trainer told me it was due to weak abs and lats. It's actually all the above, right? So when you first of all, I don't love an overhead squat. I don't, I don't understand the reasoning for it. Um, I think the risk is not worth the reward, but. I mean, let's think about what's happening, right? So what's happening is that you're holding a weight over your head, a barbell. Mm -hmm. And then as you squat down, like a lot of times because we, it's, and by the way, they're not a hundred percent, they're not covering all the things. So think about it. When you squat down, if it happens to me, if I'm not front loaded, meaning I don't have like a, a dumbbell or a kettlebell or something in front of me, if you've got limited mobility in your Achilles or your hips, mm. what happens is you lean forward so you don't fall backwards. But when you lean forward, of course, the weight you're holding overhead is going to fall forward. Mm. So it's most likely a mobility issue. But if you have greater strength in your core, that will help you stay more upright. But it doesn't matter how strong your core is if your hips and your Achilles are tight, right? Because yeah. you're still going to be like, oh, my God, I'm falling backwards. <laughs> So, you know, and, and part of that is that you don't have the mobility for the range of motion either. Because when they're doing these overhead squats, the weight's overhead, but they're squatting all the way down to the ground. So you can't, for me, I can't even squat all the way down to the ground unless I'm front loaded. Because you get what's called a, um, a butt wink. So your mobility becomes compromised and your back is rounding. Mm. And that's why her weight is falling forward. So you're, even when your core is strong enough, if you don't have the mobility for it, this is going to occur. So honestly, I would tell you, you don't need to be doing this. Mm. You know, I would work on your mobility, but there's a much safer and more effective way to squat in the proper range of motion for what your body's flexibility will permit. And the way you know how deep down you should squat, and you can get deeper into the movement if you open up your feet a little bit wider and angle your toes out a little bit more. Um, and sure, a deeper squat is going to be better if you have the flexibility for the proper form. The minute you get that butt wink where your tailbone starts to tuck and you mm -hmm. can't maintain a straight back or a straight spine, you are not capable of squatting that low to the ground, period. And you certainly shouldn't be doing it with weight overhead. Mm. So I would say if you want to get a greater range of motion, front load the squat with something like a goblet carry, right, where you have like a weight in front of your chest that you're holding with both hands. Open up your feet a little bit so it'll help with the mobility because the more narrow your feet are, it's much harder and it requires more flexibility. Work on your flexibility. Yes, you should absolutely be doing that. Um, and of course, yeah, engage your lats so that you're pulling your shoulder blades back. That helps. But if you don't have the mobility, you, you will fall backwards and people mm -hmm. do it. You've seen all those CrossFit fails. So that's where I'm like, you know, just just be careful. If you don't have the mobility and you don't have the strength, you're you're gearing yourself up for trouble. I wouldn't be screwing around with that unless you have a really well-trained coach who can say, like, stop there, don't go any more weight, like, limit your range of motion to here. But that is what's happening. It's mobility um, and possibly weaker lats. But, again, my lats are very strong. My core is very strong. Mm -hmm. And if I squatted that low with an overhead, I would fall backwards. Or the weight would come forward so I don't fall backwards. Got it. That sounds good. Mm. Michael is 24 years old and, bl and blind. Oh. And his question is, every yeah. day I try to do the treadmill for an hour and I do crunches, push-ups, and squats. Is this too much every day? 
What is he doing every day again? Treadmill for an hour. Treadmill. I thought I heard. I don't know how fast. He didn't say. Um, And he also does crunches, push-ups, and squats. I would just say, first of all, every day for an hour. I mean, there's so many things. Look, it's way better than nothing, but it's, again, we're doing the same thing all the time. So your body is, A, not going to adapt to any new stimulus. B, you've got repetitive stress because you're doing the same things over and over without proper recovery. So you're not getting the variety. You're not getting that the benefit of stress where you're adapting to new stimulus. You're not getting the recovery from these workouts, so it's just constant repetitive stress. Um, and I would say, like, mix it up. Mix this yeah. up way more. And I don't know how long, how intensely you're training on that treadmill. If you're, like, in a slow walk or whatever, then okay. But you can be far more efficient with something like a HIIT workout where you're doing – and you can do HIIT workout on any piece of equipment and you can mix it up. So you could do stairs. You could do jump rope. You could do body weight stuff like burpees. You could do sprints on a treadmill, sprints on a row machine, sprints on a bike. You could do them for 20 on, 10 off. You could do them for 30 on, 30 off. You could do them for a minute on, 30 seconds off so that you're getting that variety. And you train for 20 minutes of HIIT intervals, far more effective than an hour of the same thing over and over and over again. And yes, you should be working your entire body, but not just push-ups, sit-ups. Like You should be mixing up those resistance moves too. Uh, so I would say get my app mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess I guess he pointed out being blind to maybe he's limited with like equipment that, or if he's not at the gym I, I'm not sure if that had something to do with it but uh, Michael let us know yeah but you don't need to you can do all that yeah. stuff at home a million different exercises I have like a thousand exercises on my app and I'd say maybe 50 of them use equipment that's at the gym it's great um, Sydney, what would your plan be for someone in recovery from bulimia? I need to get back in shape, but where should I start and how often do I work out given my history? Uh, this is so, t- I can't. My nutrition is pretty good since I have a dietitian, but I need to get exercise. You know what though? Here's the problem. Like I can give you again, like this is, you know, talk to your doctor, like get, you know, I can tell you what anybody would do. And that's the only way I can address this. I can't address bulimia because I am not an expert in this at all. Um, You know, I would say the usual answer, right? Like I would start you out at like, okay, let's do four half hours a week or five 20 minute sessions. If you're a beginner, let's start with a beginner workout. Do the beginner program in my app. Like that's the answer for starting Mm. out with fitness. But you're, you know, when you frame it in like I'm bulimic as though there's like, what if I get addicted to it? What right. if it makes me, what if it triggers me? Like, I can't address that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, not only am I not qualified, not only does it put me in a bad legal position, and don't get me wrong, it's not that I don't want to help, I do. But, you know, this is something that you would need to be working with somebody on. Like, I can only address it as a fitness expert talking to a beginner. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would do with a beginner. Yeah. Well, that sounds uh, good. And I think uh, I think that will do it for our emails for this week. Fine. And I thank you very much for your time. and. Patience and, <laughs> and and seven. I thank you for not parking. <laughs> okay, guys, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you get it weekly. You don't even have to think about it on iTunes or Spotify or wherever else you're listening. <laughs> 